go. Okay, three, two, one. All right, everybody, this is uh, Prepare This Now. This is my good friend here, Sage. Um, we have been wanting to get together and do stuff. I'm, of course, a Luddite, so I don't know how to do things. So after about eight minutes of him helping me through, which actually is how he connected, he kind of reached out to me and said, hey, let me <laughs> take you out of the, the 19th century and get you into something a little bit more um, modern. And he helped me get onto this whole StreamYard thing, which, of course, is up my game, but I'm, I'm still not quite there. If you ever want to see some really cool graphics and studio stuff, his channel is awesome. But also what it's good for is logistics and um, he is a highly intelligent person when it comes to different things, and we both wanted to talk about what's going on in Ukraine because our perspectives are a little bit different, um, some parallels, but some not, and uh, we're just want to talk things out and give people hopefully a little bit more of an open mind of what's going on, and as I told him, I said, change my mind, you know, part of a free society is being able to debate and being able to have a conversation and talk about things that, uh, you know, might not be exactly on par with your belief system. So who better than to have uh, this this wonderful person here? So say hello, Sage. Hey, uh, what is this free society you speak of? Uh, no, hey, I want to thanks for having me on. Um, I, yeah, I reached out because I thought we could have definitely go back and forth with some stuff. And I um, I believe that a lot of the followers would be like, would enjoy that kind of back and forth. So when I first seeing you out there some of the stuff you were putting out was you know really good and stuff and you had the audio down and i'm like hey if you ever want to do stream yard have something but you know yeah have people on and, and then i kind of just let it go for a little bit because you know i didn't want to overwhelm you and stuff but i basically just reached out now because we've been kind of going back and forth in regards to algorithms figuring out youtube and i'm like all right sure. i'm gonna reach out and force my hand um <laughs> and basically and just said hey we should talk about stuff even if it's once a week once a month whatever and kind of see how the people um how they enjoy it and stuff like that so then we kind of did this and picked a topic and said, um, let's pick the, you know, the UK and Russia, uh, which, you've, you know, topic in regards to the war and kind of go back and forth on that. And we gave a little bit and we started, you know, texting back and forth. And I'm like, OK, we got to stop. Right. We're doing right. A show here exactly. uh, so, by text. So and then we ended up uh, picking this day and here we are. All right. So do you want to. Do you want to lay out the question or do you want to start or like basically I think where we don't connect or interconnect or whatever uh, is I, of course, am, you know, I'm a bit of a peacenik and I don't think we should be in Ukraine. And you think that there are some definite reasons for us to be in Ukraine because of, of a whole geopolitical picture um, that you think you can paint that will kind of help some people get a little bit understanding of why we're there. Um, I think where we do connect is that we both understand that in the background, you've got China and China is doing whatever it can to kind of force this whole thing because they want to be, uh, you know, the the king dog of the world and uh, put their type of a, a world onto us. And we both agree that that is absolutely not the kind of, of uh, world that we want to be living in. And to where I would connect with you is I would absolutely believe in a fight against that on whatever it may look like so um i guess why do you think we should be in ukraine sage yeah so it, and just so we know this is something we're looking to do uh in, in the future also so oh yeah different this is on, ongoing go ahead so it, a lot of things are, are happening in regards to geopolitical positionings and one of the reasons for uh the importance of ukraine is that nobody seems to ask is what happens if Russia were to take Ukraine, like mm -hmm. what's the goal? And, and I think this is a lot of the stuff that people need to 
to understand is more of a critical thinking type situation, not right. just reactionary thinking, but saying, okay, if this happens, where, where does it go from there? And most people are like, well, if they go there, they're going to go here. I'm talking, what are they gaining in Ukraine? So in, um, from 1949, the uh, Chinese basically put out for the 100-year marathon. Uh, 1949 to 2049, they were going to basically become the dominating force of the world. But they're slow rolling. So when you start to look at the aspects, and even Trump came out and said, hey, China China is, is dangerous. They're not good. This is yep. bad. This is our main thing, right? And yep. he was 100% right about that. Russia basically rolled their tanks up to the doors of Ukraine and said, hey, we're going to go in, and they went in. They started this conflict. They went into this conflict. Now, understand, Russia wouldn't have went in. They knew that the U.S. was going to be there. Russia wouldn't have went in if China didn't approve, right? Because they, they would have eventually need the backing and the because they knew sanctions were going to come. People were going to stop, you know, buying their goods. But somebody was going to have to buy those goods. I'd agree with that. Okay. So they knew China was a hand. Well, the situation is, is that Ukraine is an extremely important um, leverage point on that side of the planet if China wants to take Taiwan. OK, so if China wanted to take Taiwan, they're going to need um, food. They're going to need energy. The most important thing when it comes down to wartime is energy, energy and Absolutely. water, technically. you know, because food is energy, power is energy and water. Well, Ukraine is the provider of both China to, of sunflower oil and food and um, so, um, their enemies, basically Japan, India, and things like that. It is a leverage point that if it is gained control over by Russia and China, that China can basically force the hand of you, all of Ukraine's gain, uh, grain and sunflower into their hands. Now you're not supposed to use food as a as a as a weapon of war, but let's face it, they will. You know, everybody will if it comes to a World War III, because everybody's going to say, "Well, we need the food for our people to survive," right? Correct. So if you can go in there, so if Russia says, "Okay, you go in and take Ukraine," you have other reasons you can you you can say you want, like NATO. But the problem is, is that NATO. The importance of well, they don't want NATO at their borders. NATO at their at somebody's borders isn't as important anymore because I can reach out and touch you from here, right? right. I don't need to be in Poland to hit you anymore. Right. I can hack you. I can EMP you. I can basically shoot. You know, missiles can be launched from thousands of miles away. So being at their borders, I mean, you can basically see how even a pandemical threat can be easily transported to various countries without being at the border of the original country. Right. You can all see that that could also be, can be done. So that's not as much of a threat as uh, anymore as it used to be. Okay. It's all right. So the internet also allows the, uh, at one point that you didn't want them at your borders. Cause you didn't want, you know, the people convincing uh, communists that capitalists was good. And they couldn't do that before unless they intermingled and, and, went across borders. Well, the internet crosses borders. So even the threat of influencing their people a, a specific way is, is dangerous because of the internet, not because of the closed borders anymore. I agree with that. Okay. So when it comes to that, the, the threat that, you know, well, Russia felt that, you know, NATO, they could use that as an excuse, but 
it, in regards to a serious uh, situation with Ukraine, if you, Ukraine were to fall into the hands of Russia, you now have the breadbasket of the world being controlled by technically China and Russia. Okay. All right. And China can't take it, cannot take Taiwan unless they secure food from both themselves and stopping the food of people like India or in Japan, which would basically say, look, we don't want you to get involved. We, I'm sorry. We don't want you to fight. We just don't want you to get involved. We don't want you on our side. Just don't get involved. And if you do, we'll give you food. And that's why it's it's a I could dive down deeper with with things, but that's why it's such an important, unfortunately, aspect to providing energy in times of war. Then a lot of, if we give it up, it's a it's a serious loss for us. When I am um, teaching my my students, I tell them, I ask them because you know basically the reason why I'm so in, interested in this is because it is world war, and I, I technically I, I jokingly tell them what I teach basically for a living is world war because. World War One and World War Two are very huge portions of the units. And so I tell them, I ask them, I say, well, you know, how do you think most people die in a war? And they, of course, say shot, you know, that kind of thing. And I tell them, honestly, it's, it's, it's because of malnutrition and, and food. It's a lack of food. And so that's why, you know, me being a prepper and stuff, um, focusing on food and all that, because I do believe that we are at some point going to get into uh, a conflict. And so... I've looked up here, and you know, that's what I love about you is you're a research guy, and I think that's why we connect. I'm kind of the same way. Um, so, according to um, Visual Capitalist, uh, Ukraine is number five on the list of countries that produce uh, corn, and they produce 3.1 percent. And Russia is number three on wheat, which is 9.7 percent. So, you are correct. This area is incredibly important for food production. Now, the United States um, produces 30% of the corn, mm -hmm. and we produce 7% roughly of the wheat. Um, so me, I'm a former Midwesterner. I've, I've driven by many a wheat field in my life. <laughs> uh, so um, is there a way? I mean, my whole thing is this. Um, I, Being a person that teaches war, I don't like war. I know how destructive it is. And I don't want to see my students who are of the soon-to-be fighting age be thrust into this. But I do kind of think that that we are – I think one of the main things you brought up that was really important was the 100-year plan. You're absolutely correct. I've taken university-level courses on China. Um, I watched your your um, connections with uh, Zhijian Fleet, and I actually had a, 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 a short up on my other channel – by her and because uh, what she said is important because she's a okay. former Mao Chinese communist who you thank God got away and really saw what their society and lifestyle is like. Um, but the, do you think we're heading for a war with them inevitably? Is there any way to um, to avoid it? I would like to avoid Ukraine, but if it came down to everything, just kind of the dominoes went a certain way and we had to take on China. I think everybody basically agrees that uh, that would have to have to happen. Do you think that's inevitable? Um, well, the, the issue is like China does not want to go to they want to sneak in and just take it without war. Right. They want to, you know, uh, art of war is taking it without even throwing a punch. Sure. But as you know, uh, we have a couple of situations here. We do have the Minsk agreement and the Minsk agreement was basically when Ukraine was taken over and said, hey, 
uh, give us up all your new or your nuclear weapons and we'll protect you. Us, Russia. I uh, can't remember who else was a part of it. But, and now we have a situation where so now we have to step in because Russia is a nuclear power going into Ukraine. And and you just if they don't know, you can they can look up the MISC agreement. I think it's part five or six um, of that. Yeah, there was a bunch of it. Actually, it was in the news um, about two, three weeks ago because Merkel came out and said we basically, and, and Poroshenko, the former leader of, of Ukraine, basically said we came out and we used this to give us and buy us time from 2014 to when the SMO started, which, by the way, this is the one-year anniversary. So I think this is incredibly important. Um, but they said that we did this to buy time and to kind of use as a, almost a ruse is what you know it came out of it from what uh, Merkel said. Um, and, you know, I, I know most people don't know the Minsk agreements. They were just basically a way to, to mitigate the Ukraine situation after the Maidan revolution. So we could come in and kind of make something that was tenable for all sides. Right. Go ahead. And they gave up. So the other aspect of what you know is that um, Japan was a, a, a huge force uh, 1937 before. Like Japan, the island of oh, yeah. Japan started to take over everybody. Yep. <laughs> like they literally like if you go back and you can pull some stuff up, how many. Uh, countries they took over invaded korea china they philippines. took china yeah. philippines uh they were a dominating force almost like um mongolia start was during you know genghis khan so but one of the things that that china realized that also happened with them was diesel fuel they needed right. diesel fuel to invade like what started the war and and ended the war for japan was lack of diesel fuel mm -hmm. right the, the lack of the effect that hey i can't get my tanks in there i can't do this so that's kind of what China sees with food, right? If they want to keep their 1.4 billion people somewhat happy, they can't not have food to feed them. If if I don't see wars going to be the same way as they were back in World War II, World War III, um, they're a lot more high tech. They're a lot more uh, EMP-ish per se, you know what I mean? Hacking yeah. and yeah. things like that. So if that's the case, a lot of the people that, you need to feed are going they're not going to be thrown into um d-day situations right, right. they're not going to be thrown into other countries where now half your country's gone the people are going to still be in your country fighting different type of you know who can outlast the the, the next person's emp and i think that's another thing too you have to i ask this all the time too is like right now people look at the digital dollar and, and the central bank digital currency and people say, well, this is all about control. This is all about control. They all want control. But if you were to think, why do they want control? Do they just want control to, to control us or do they want to control us? Because, and I want to think about this and this might upset some people, but you hear me out. I'm a logical thinker. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. If, if the, if I were to tell you or something were to say, uh, war declared on China, what would be the weakest link right off the bat? The weakest link in society would be us, the people. We would panic. We would panic by. We would go out of control. We would lose control. If you think Black Friday is bad, try Black Friday every day with guns. Right? <laughs> I mean, this, this is a, a, a huge fear. Is a huge thing because that is what would happen to a society that we live in now would be, it's not going to be, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to fight for a company, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to go fight. It's going to be, how do I protect me and my own and my family? 
right? And we're a country with guns. And, and this, I say this all the time, like the government's not afraid of us storming them with guns. They're afraid of the, of the government losing control of us with guns and us attacking each other. Sure. And us going to, because remember, we are a country that needs to, we can't have a civil war. We can't no. have a revolution. We feed the whole world. Our main export is natural gas. Our main export, just like you went over, is food. Oh, yeah. I was just, I'm looking at it right here in real time. Right. We are feeding and, and keeping the whole country in, with energy, both food, uh, you know, physical energy and, and food energy. The world's not going to let us shut down. They're not going to say, oh, you know what, United States, you go ahead and shut everything down. Get back to us when you're done with your little two-year, three-year conflict thing. They're going to be like, no, no, your, your chaos over there is going to have to be controlled. You're the world currency. You're, you know, this and this. So a lot of the things that's going to unfortunately going to be happening now is like China doesn't want that, but it's going to be a situation that it's going to become down to a decision on whose control do we allow to win? Is it a China based control world or is it a United States based control world? Like we're not going to be able to get away from control. They're not bringing control in just to say, Hey, we want to control every aspect of your life. They want to do it because if there was an EMP, if there was some type of chaos or if China said we declare war in the United States, just think about the chaos that would assume. Well, this plays to the whole preparedness thing, which, you know, of course, right. originally was my thing. And then I got more into the geopolitics and stuff, which has worked out. But anyway, you're saying that basically the CBDC is not so much to do like an anti-Fourth Amendment privacy. What are you buying at the store every week? It's we know that there's inevitability or a possibility, at least a good one that we will get into some kind of a conflict with a major power, albeit Russia, China, whatever, and to keep society's cohesion together, it would be helpful to have a CBDC so we can basically make it so people don't panic buy, don't go out and get a bunch of weaponry and, and basically go, you know, crazy. Um, is that, is that kind of what is that yeah, one aspect of it? And, and let me explain. So, uh, yeah. So when it comes to um, you have um, Unrestricted Warfare, which was written by two Chinese colonels uh, back in 1990s area. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I think it's 99, but it's 96, 99, whatever. I, I know what you're talking about. I've yeah. referenced it. Go ahead. So one of the things that you have to understand is they, you want, uh, logistics is a, obviously an infrastructure to your country. Without logistics, you, you collapse, right? Yeah. Um, logistics loves consistency. We do not like uh, hot peaks and valleys, right? It's very, very bad. It breaks the algorithms. It kind of shatters the ability to keep things on the shelves um, because here we are. Oh, my God, there's no toilet paper. Now we send a bunch of trucks of toilet paper, but that means we took the trucks to, you know, to ship the toilet paper. We took them off of the dog food to put them on toilet paper, to get the mm -hmm. toilet paper to the stores. Oh, crap, now we have no dog food. Let's right. put them back on dog food. So we take them off the toilet paper and the cat food, and we put them on the dog food. Now we have no cat food. So it's it's that chaos that doesn't work well um, within the logistics. Well, we found out during the vid that our logistics is bad. It's it's a, it's an easy target. It's a situation that uh, we we have to maintain control. So we we put it in the hands of stores, but even then, if there was complete chaos, 
the stores would not be able to stop people from saying, I'm taking that toilet paper. Right. Okay. You, you, okay. So, no, no, no. That totally plays into the preparedness community, which, I mean, the whole reason of being a prepper is so when something horrible happens, you're sitting back listening to the radio, hearing about the chaos, and you're not engaged in it. Go ahead. Right. So one now I'm not saying it's the only thing now, of course, there's also bad ways to use this. And it's also to keep track of what we are buying. It's also that they want to try to, you know, but it's also an aspect to if there was this type of situation, what, you know, how would they possibly control us, our country of guns? And this is another reason they're like, oh, we got to get rid of this gun. We got to get rid of this gun. We got to get rid of it. I am pro Second Amendment. Trust me. Yeah, I, 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 I lost a ton of my all, almost all of them in a boating accident, allegedly. Too. Uh, but this is an aspect that what would happen if the, if all China would have to say is we're we're going against the U.S. And, and 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 then just sit and wait and watch the U.S. implode. You see what so I'm saying? So I have an interesting perspective because you know yeah. the UN has come out with the uh, anti two A stuff. And China back that. So what do you think about that? Because what you're saying is, you know, China is worried, of course, about us and, and, you know, our ability to protect ourselves. Do you think when they're coming out and they're telling the UN, you know, yeah, we should have like a global anti-2A type thing, um, you know, do you, do you, what do you think that plays into it? Because you're saying that and I'm remembering how China, this is a couple of years, a few years ago, came in with a UN resolution or whatever. They wanted to basically come in and, and help control our guns here. And China, of course, is all for it. Americans are not. Um, you know, I mean, do you, do you think the 2A here is is something that is, is a bit of a, a hindrance to a, a country like China? Or? No, and I think that I think the fact that China coming in saying get rid of them drives us to buy more. They know that. Right. So okay. it, no, it's that's, not that's a, to them. Is they're like, hey, like I said, they're not. One of the strengths of the U.S. military is not the fact that it's the most powerful military in the world. One of the facts of the U.S. military is the fact that we have more stuff than you. We will, like, if you ask military soldiers, the best way to to they will wait you out. Right? Oh, yeah. They will literally be eating MREs, waiting for you to starve and say, "Okay, you win. I'm starving to death." Um, and either, you know, they will wait you out. So the United States has the ability to wait people out, right? So if, in regards to coming here, they're not afraid to come, you know, if, if they, it, they're not going to come here and say, okay, we're now going to invade and drop paratroopers and all this other stuff because of the people, all the people that have guns there. Right. They would basically, they're going to wait until the people here say, take my gun, give me that ravioli can. Right. And that's right. why people are like, oh, they're coming for the guns. Nobody is coming for your guns. They will force you to give them your guns. Well, I was going to say, there's no way they could come, but they could do through a CBDC and a cutting off of your money. Correct. That's that's the way they would go. I, I totally Correct. agree with that. That's absolutely and, and, the way they and would that's go. That's the fear. Like I said, if, if, because when you, if we were to go to some type of conflict, if something were to get kicked off, right? And, and police are going to protect their own. Let's just face it. Police are going to protect. You're going to have some out there, but when it comes down to it, they're going to be at their house protecting. Oh their yeah, oh, absolutely. Of course, of course. Right, and you're going to have people with firearms that are going to basically go out and say, "Ah, uh, guess what? I'm and and you're starting to see little signs of this, right? Oh yeah. California absolutely. basically says, you know what? It's not a crime to steal 450 bucks. It's not a crime. Well, why would they do that? Why would you do stuff like that? Because when it comes down to it, you're going to want people to just say, yeah, go ahead and take it. <laughs> right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's, no, no, I, I agree. 
there's a lot of mental slowly a lot of that um preparing people to basically say look this is the fear the weak link is us right a person is smart men in black people are dumb and once it becomes people who all want to protect their own family like it's me and my wife good luck you know you can do a lot of stuff to me good luck no, trying no, to my family. Yeah, exactly it's <laughs> when it comes to my family you know i'm i'm recovering alcoholic i basically feel like my life ended on in 2006 when i got sober so now my extension is my wife and my three children so right. i i totally get where you're good where you're from right we're the same same mental that yeah so, and this is where i mean back to ukraine this is where you where china says look if i want to be able to sway people if i want to be able to sway votes in the un council if i want to be able to sway people um i i'm i need ukraine because i need to go to india and say look you can get grain and, and food i'll just use food because i'm not going to name all the stuff you can get food from the united states and have it more expensive with their inflation or you can get it from us and it'll be cheaper which food do you, you know which food do you want right okay well we want we want your food well, then you're going to have to just stay out of it. Just stay out of it. Play neutral. With right? um, with a there's 113 billion so far sent to Ukraine. Um, do you think? What do you think is going to happen from here? Because okay. uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the the uh, sentiment is starting to trend down. Now it's it's still pretty much 50 55 percent are pro uh, fighting for Ukraine, and then another 45 50 percent roughly depending on who you ask so you're, you're you know pretty pretty typical for the the country but um where do you think we're going from here with all this with uh you know 113 billion and and you know a black hole kind of staring us into the future the issue with that is that uh, now when it comes to obviously let's be honest because i know a lot of people are gonna say well yeah ukraine's corrupt everybody's corrupt every government's corrupt somewhere down the line they're all corrupt right so I don't I'm not saying that Ukraine doesn't know how important they are and are, are saying, hey, we need more money. Right. So that that's. Right? And we need to make sure Ukraine stays a democratic style, non uh, communist country. OK, okay. <laughs> but now. So in regards to the, the money in the, in the military that's being sent there at some point, it's it's. A lot of the time when you're looking at this um, escalation is you want a slow ramp up and a continuous flow to kind of show that, hey, we're not giving up here. We're not giving up. Right. So either you guys are going to have to find I think their thought process is China does not want Russia to go to full conflict. Right. They don't want because remember, if you look and see how much food China gets from Ukraine and sunflower oil from Ukraine, they get stuff from them, too. Oh, yeah. So it's something that they don't want a full ramp up or a full chaos there because they do want people to still go to work and still farm and still get some of that grain out. Right. They want that to happen where we're basically doing by the money and stuff that we're giving is we're basically saying, look, it's not going to stop unless you guys back out, unless you guys back out of here. And I think the United States is hoping to say, look, with we are going to continue to give money and and we will continuously to slowly step it up until you get out right and so you're going to so you almost want them to say 
it's not like a bully situation where you just punch them in the face and they back down. Sure. You, you literally have to slowly ramp up and show that no matter what they bring, we're bringing just a little more, just a little more. And I think we've seen that. Yeah. It's definitely been like a slow roll towards, uh, I don't even think the word escalation. It would just be like a little bit every, you know, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Right. And, um, I would agree with that. Bully, you're hoping the bully doesn't punch back. What happens if the bully actually, you know, does know how to fight, right? Sure. Does know how to do that. But if you slow roll it, you can say, okay, you're going to bring this. We're going to bring this. And then you come one, you know, they're not looking for a blowout game, but they're looking to basically make sure that they don't, they, they don't get any wins. Like they, they literally say, just use enough force. Police officers, you don't want someone shoot a police officer to shoot right off the bat. A police officer has levels of force, right? right? Uh, you want that officer to continue to use all five levels of force until they get to the point that they have to. Now they can go right to the gun. Sure. But you're going to want them to use just enough cuz this is what we want, right? We want a police officer to use just enough force to subdue the suspect but not too much where he's, you know, beating the crap out of the suspect for his own enjoyment, right? I would agree. So that's kind of where the the money is one of the, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, this is so much money, this is so much money." But it's money, right? And that's a whole nother thing that I want to get into because, you know, I sit here and I look at it like, you know, they say we're 10 years away from 50 trillion in deficit and debt. But, you know, I bet in 1976 when they were looking at almost getting into the 1 trillion area, they were like, oh, my God, we're going to totally topple ourselves at, at 2 trillion. And uh, I think the money thing would be another one to really get into that we could talk about. You've mentioned gold standard. I do have to, to wrap this up so I can get ready for work. But. Um, I think this is a good place to start, and uh, we're going to perfect it from here. Um, I appreciate the uh, the respect and calm and, and interesting perspective. And uh, yeah, man, uh, let's let's keep this going. And if you're in the in the background and you're listening to this and you got things to add, I highly recommend that you uh, put a comment in. And also, uh, I'll put Sage's link to his channel if you want to go listen to him. Uh, really awesome on logistics and other things. And just uh, you know, as you can see from here. Um, a well-rounded perspective. So yeah, and, and if you guys are in the comments, please comment. That's how the algorithm gets pushed. No, he's right. He's, he's absolutely um, correct. I, I brought this to him, and he and I think it looks like you're growing now. So I definitely am. comment. But the other thing too is, if you guys want us to talk about something, look, I can debate anything for or against, right? So even if it's something you just guys want to just kind of hear a debate, just kind of hear two different points of views from two people that can kind of respect. both go back and forth even if he's pro and i'm against or even if we're both pro i can pick the against side i have no problem well, yeah. with um, and, and me too that's i mean i was i was you know my my degree i had to do both i had i had to go there and, and defend people uh not having a second amendment and i had to read books on it and it's interesting and it's a good thing to do because you learn the other side and you see what their right. talking points are yeah right and it makes you smarter. It truly does. It does it make you smarter. Think about stuff because then when somebody does come to you and says this, you can be like, oh, no, I've already heard that one. Try this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's and I think that this is something that we want to do. If you guys are interested, please leave a comment down below and let us know if, if you what you guys think of it. Um, and like he said, we're going to we're going to perfect it. We're going to we could just turn this into debates back and forth. Yeah, think of a Friday thing. I think this works for me. We'll do a Friday thing and we'll just get different topics and go with it. I'm good with it. Awesome. Me too. Sage, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on. All right. Everybody else, have a great day. Thank you so much. And like you said, leave a comment and uh, tell us what you think. God bless everyone.